Well, I'm back in Andy's room. That's become my podcast room. Episode number 33. I'll give you a quick update on Annie, because she doesn't listen to this so I can talk about her. She's been there just under two weeks in L.A. She's got a job. She's got a place to live, and uh, seems to be doing fine. So, good job, Annabelle. Keep up the good work. Um, I'm glad to have your room for my podcast. So, I got a few updates from the last podcast. Very important things involving me, because this is my podcast. First off, uh, it's official. I have won my first ever fantasy football championship. It's the greatest accomplishment of my life. There's nothing I've done in my career or my family life better than finally winning first place in the fantasy football world. It's taken me 25 years of doing it, and I finally made it happen, so I think I might have to retire. But even better, I beat my own kid in the final, and I destroyed him. And so for one year, I get to be the champion of the house in football, so... I finally made it. I finally done it. I've accomplished something in my life. So uh, that's it. I'll see y'all later. That's all I all I wanted to say. Um, updating on my weight issue. So good and bad. Um, after one week, I lost four pounds. But it's been two weeks, <laughs> so. Uh, the strange thing is, the first week, Sunday to Sunday, lost four pounds. The second week, Sunday to Sunday, stayed exactly the same. No loss, no gain, and I don't understand it. I do the same stuff. I've had no soda, no Little Debbie's, no desserts, no fast food for two weeks. All water except for a cup of coffee in the morning, about a half glass of orange juice. And I've put in a lot of miles, um, and obviously I'm on the court, so exercise has not really been my issue, it's been my food, and I got rid of most of the bad, almost all of it. There's been a box of Oreos in my house for two weeks, and I haven't touched them. That's incredible for me, so I feel good about that, but the second week did not see the uh, losses I had hoped for, so I'm still... I'm still working through that. I'm going to keep trying. Um, I mentioned my resolutions resolutions two weeks ago. And um, one, my first one is always to drink more. I'm failing already. I haven't had a single drink yet. It's January 15th, and I have no plans to. So already losing that one. I tried learning Snapchat a bit, but I still don't get it. I don't know what direction to swipe and how to get rid of things and why I'll start a conversation and then it's gone and can I do one without a picture? So I'm failing at that. The good part, I have begun sort of serious training for the half marathon on April 29th in Louisville, putting in a lot of miles, slow miles, slow run, walk miles, but they're still miles. So, so far I got one out of three of my resolutions still, still going. And um, I'll keep uh, I'll keep working on those things. Um, so a few podcasts ago, I I talked about being annoyed that Walmart has their first like 
I don't know, two dozen rows of parking are for uh, like curbside where they bring it out to you. So you don't even, they give the best parking spots to the people who aren't even getting out of the car. It just drives me nuts. If you're not going to get out of the car, why don't you let the people who are going to get out and take a walk, maybe they want to be a little closer, carry their stuff. So I went to this new Starbucks today. It's on uh, 76th Street. And I pull it opened. It opened in the fall. I'd never been there. It's nice. Your usual Starbucks. The first five spaces, the closest ones, are all mobile orders. There's only one spot in the front row facing the building. Everything else is in the second row in the back and around the building. So I don't understand it. You're not getting out of the car. Why not let the people who are going in, going to spend their money in your building, why not let them park closer? They're not getting out anyway. The You could park far away. I don't understand it. We're, we're giving away the closest spots to the ones who don't need it anymore. So I'm going to start a petition on um, go petition me. I think that's a thing. Um, to make sure that anybody picking up has to pick up further away. Um, until I decide that I want to start doing those things and I'm going to change my mind. Uh, my latest uh, social media annoyance this week is last week's was seeing all the secrets of how to be great at tennis or pickleball. This week, I saw a great one. It was a simple way to increase your serve by 10 miles an hour. Simple. It wasn't a secret, so at least they're letting the secret out. There is no simple way. 10 miles an hour, that is an incredible increase in speed for any level. Very, very hard to do. There's nothing simple about it. So anybody going to that, you're getting scammed. There's not simple ways. It's the ways we always talk about. You go fix things over a long period of time with your coach and yourself. Grab a bucket of balls, go to the court, work on things. It's not simple. If it was simple, everyone would have a career in the tennis coaching business. And we are at a major lack of good coaches. Any coaches for that matter. So if it was so simple, wouldn't we have more? I just don't get it. So it's my usual podcast uh, notification. Nothing simple. There's no secrets. Just do the work. Find somebody you trust. And understand it's going to be a long period of time before things get repaired. Got it. Um, again, sort of on social media, before I get to my tennis stuff for the week, I posted this sign on Instagram, Facebook. If you follow any of my social media stuff, which isn't much. I don't bombard everything. But there was a promotion from a pickleball company promoting pickleball. And I was confused by it. So it says, and you can see this. If you go to my Instagram or Facebook, you can see it. It says, kind of green, pretty, good graphics. It says, requirements to play pickleball. 
real big letters. And then it has this list. And it says athletic ability. And the box next to it has a red X. So you don't need athletic ability. Next one, racket sports experience. X, sports knowledge, don't need it. Time to learn, don't need it. Strength or speed, don't need it. And then the, the last one, the only box that's got a green check-in, this is the only thing they say is required to play pickleball, is being human. God, if I was tennis, I would put this out. I would use this, if I was the USTA or a tennis club, I would use this sign to show people why tennis is better. They're telling you here that this game is so easy, it's such a bad game, that you do not need to have any athletic ability, no sports knowledge, you don't need any time, you don't need strength or speed, you just have to be alive. You have to be a human. That's it. I read it as, wow, this sport really is not very good. It's not a sport. If you don't need those things, is it really a sport? I know they're trying to get people to play it, but that would not attract <clears throat> excuse me, that would not attract me if someone said, Hey, I got this new game I want to play. It requires nothing. Really. I could watch Netflix for all of this. They could be describing sitting. It doesn't require athletic ability, knowledge, time to learn, no strength or speed. Cool. I will just sit and do nothing. And I, I got some comments on Facebook, and I think most people think maybe I'm reading wrong. But I'm reading is pickleball is so bad that it requires nothing. I don't get it. And I think... Uh, I think tennis should jump all over this because they should do one that says tennis. Try this. It requires a little athletic ability. Requires a little knowledge. Great, I get to use my brain. Takes some time to learn because it's difficult. Anything difficult is going to take some time. Requires a little strength and speed. Great, let's work on that. Go to the gym. It does require more than being human. And it just, I, it bothered me. It's still bothering me. I don't get it. Whoever wrote this, I think just dumbed it down so much and you guys know I'm pro pickleball I teach it all the time I travel around and coach coaches and how to play it I've started it at all of my clubs Moreland Village Club big program so I'm I'm pro pickleball but this this bothers me I don't I don't know what they're trying to do with that but that's my pickleball rant for the day uh, my week on the tennis court, so we're going to talk tennis a bit, because I guess this is kind of a tennis podcast. Some things that came up this week on the courts. Um, so I had two people, two newer players, beginners, I, I guess you could say beginners. One had been taking lessons for two years, private lessons. Another one had been taking private lessons for six months. And both just happened to have a similar conversation with me this week. That neither one of them knew how to keep score or play a match. I asked them pretty detailed, did, did you, do you know how to switch sides? Do you know how to use the scorecards? Do you know how to alternate serving and doubles? 
play a tiebreaker. Nope. So two people after two years and one for six months, almost six months, didn't know how to had, didn't know how to play tennis. Um, it got me thinking: are our coaches our coaches simply teaching people how to swing a racket, but not how to play? This is where I'm positive on pickleball. I teach. Anybody that's taken a clinic for me in pickleball, you know that in 90 minutes you're going to start from nothing, and in 90 minutes you're playing a match. You're keeping score, and I can walk away, and you don't need me anymore. We we do the score. It's a huge part of it. And then you just play. That's how you get better. But I'm wondering in the tennis world, have any of you just spent, have experience with coaches just teaching you how to swing, technique, forehands, backhands, all the shots, but they're not covering how to play. Do you get taught how to score if you're new? And I think um, I just felt like we're not doing it right. Maybe me too. But getting new players to play, especially competing with new sports like pickleball and platform tennis and padel, if you've seen that. There's a lot of racket sports out there that are doing well. Because they play. I've seen different sports being taught. And they're playing. They're playing instantly. It's also the argument is tennis is so hard. Not everybody can play it right away. But you should know how to keep score. If you can manage a match. You can go out and play. Play a match. You'll feel like you're competing. And I think we got to do a better job as coaches. And making sure we teach people how to play tennis. Not hit a tennis ball. There's a difference. All of you play with people. I've worked with people who don't swing correctly. It's why I have somewhat of a career. They don't swing right. Right? But they're still really good. I've lost the people who I swing better, but they kick my butt. Because they play better. I've told people before, I can go play golf. But I'm not a golfer. Golfers know when, where, and how. And choose the right club. And where the blades of grass are going. And the wind. And... All that stuff golfers do. Right? I can golf. I can swing a golf club and maybe hit the ball. But I'm not necessarily playing golf. Players play with a purpose. And I don't think we're teaching that very well. And I include myself in that. I've got to get better at that. So if you take a, if you're a new player and are on the court with me, make sure I teach you how to serve. This week in some of my lessons, I focus quite a bit on trying to get players to hit slower taking pace off the ball, not just learning how to hit drop shots or lobs, but simply taking a ball that comes at you, if it comes at you 100 miles an hour, sending it back at 60, 70, 20, whatever it is, just slower. I always teach anybody can hit hard. It doesn't take much to hit hard. I think it takes skill and talent and some brains to be able to hit slow. I can take anybody off the street, give them a racket, and tell them to hit the next ball as hard as you can over the fence. Done. They're going to do that. That's easy. If I tell them, all right, hit this one really slow, land it just over the net into this small space, it's not going to happen. Power's, power's easy. We can all do it. doesn't mean we do it well, but we can hit it. We can hit it hard. Because I've got groups that they just bang, 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 hit it, hit it, hit it. 
and they don't recognize that the person they're playing against is better at it than they are. So if if I like to hit hard, but I'm playing um, I'm playing Flamer, my college coach, and he likes to hit it hard, and he's better at it than me, I can't I can't keep it up. I've got to change something, or I'm going to have a slow a slow beat down, which back in I think the ninety early nineties late eighties he gave me a serious beat down in Vincent's. I don't even think it was close. And he was wearing his sweet headband and probably his jean shorts and did his servant volley moves. I could take him now, though. I'll kick your butt, Flamer, if we play today. I still got some skills. You got nothing. Um, so we worked a lot on just, all right, somebody smash one at you, send it back slow. Because I remember my playing days, some of the toughest matches most annoying, most challenging for me was the people that made me uncomfortable. Meaning one ball would come in fast, the next one slow. Two come in with topspin and the next one slice. And then there's one lob and then one flat drive. And just that that variety of not knowing what's coming, um, it would make me uncomfortable. And that's where I start to make mistakes and I get annoyed and pretty unhappy on the court. But I think it's important to find some ways to make your opponents uncomfortable. I always tell people, listen, when they see your name in the draw, when I look up and I have to play my brother, he doesn't want me to say, yes, I get to play that dude. I love playing that guy. You don't want them to play to be happy playing against you. You want it to be, oh no, this person causes me trouble. I remember playing her before, throws a bunch of stuff at me, and I struggle with that. And don't be the one who people want to play. That's not a good thing. If I, I don't, I don't want to see your name. You don't want them to see your name in the draw. Don't let them celebrate because they get to play you. Throw some other stuff at them. Everyone will tell me, but hitting hard is fun. Cool. Enjoy. If fun is your goal, number one, awesome. Have fun. If winning is your goal, you might have to find another way. So just watch for that. It's okay to hit slower. I'm not saying you got to hit like a small child with orange balls and red balls and the foam ones. I'm saying if it comes in 100, hit it back 70. See if they like that change of pace. Maybe you can go the other way too. If it comes in 100, hit it back 110. Good luck with that. I couldn't. You might have that skill, but I do not. That's not my, uh, wasn't my thing. But look for ways that you can change the pace a little bit, make them uncomfortable, cause them to think quite a bit. It's the same way with me and people. Um, I don't do well with people who are different every time I see them. So if I... Let's say I show up to work, and one day, um, who do I work with? Let's talk about. Let's say I go in, and one day I'm I'm talk. I I see Tim. We're in the office, and he's super happy, rainbows and unicorns. And the next day I come in, and he's super angry because someone uh, stole <laughs> stole his breakfast McDonald's. All right, and the next day he's sad. And then a couple hours later, he's uh, going 100 miles an hour, um, 
super excited and everything's different. I don't work well in, with those kind of people either. It's probably why I don't work well with them on the court. I like things that are the same. I know what I'm going to get every single day. I try to be that person. I'm probably not. But on the tennis court, be the annoying one. I'm not going to hit hard with you. You love hitting hard. We're not going to do that today, right? Unless, obviously, you find out you're better than them at it. But look for ways to make them a bit uncomfortable. Don't let them play the way they want. I wrote on here on my notes, don't feed the beast. Meaning, don't give them that power. Fun is cool. Winning is even even better. So, that's it. Episode 33, all done. Again, I had someone ask me how do they comment on these, and I'm not... I don't know enough. So if you want to make comments, follow me on Instagram because that's where I'll post this as well. Uh, Facebook, Scott Fix Tennis and Pickleball on Facebook and Instagram. You can make comments on there. Just text me. If you're listening to this, you probably have my cell number. If not, my email's everywhere. So I'd like to hear what people have to say. What's funny is all through all these podcasts since I started, I rarely get tennis conversations. I get... All the other stuff I talk about that doesn't involve tennis and pickleball, and I think that's super funny and uh, enjoyable. So if you want to talk about other things like parking spots and Little Debbie's, um, all the other, the Great British Baking Show, all the other stuff we've talked about, go for it. Uh, Remember, Australian Open starts tonight, so when I post this, probably tomorrow, you'll be going. So you got two weeks of tennis. I don't know who's playing or who's any good anymore, but I'll definitely try to stay up a little bit and watch it. So thanks, everybody. Have a good uh, good couple of weeks on the tennis courts, and see you next time.